Fusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer and the doors of perception. The good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Sit back and relax while we agitate waves of weird and wonderful science through your brain. I'm Ian Wolfe. On this edition we delve into the controversial possibilities of generating power using graphene. First, here's news of a different kind of solar power. Graphene Rectani. Researchers at the Federal Centre for Technological Education of Minas Gerais in Brazil have developed the mathematical basis for a way to harvest solar power using antennae paired with graphene circuits that could be several times more efficient than traditional solar panels. They've built a computer simulation model. Researchers from RWTH Aachen University, Chalmers University and the University of Wuppertal have actually built a graphene insulator metal rectenna that may be used in wearable technology and anywhere you can apply a thin film. A rectenna is an antenna with a rectifying diode attached to turn the alternating current that comes from radio waves into direct current. Rectennas working in the microwave region of the electromagnetic wave spectrum have been widely used since the 1960s. And of course, you used to be able to go fishing and have a little gadget that would take radio signals from FM or AM radio and light up a little LED on your fishing line. Commercial solar panels are about 25% efficient at converting light into electricity. And in the laboratory, New technology is about 46% efficient. An antenna could convert solar light waves at a theoretical limit of 93% efficiency, known as the Landsberg limit. Unlike solar panels, antennae can be designed so that they don't require a tracking system to follow the sun. They'd have a much wider angle to accept radiation than a solar panel. An antenna produces an alternating current that would have to be rectified into direct current for the electronics to handle it. Visible light occurs at very high frequencies, so that rectifying diodes that convert it from alternating to direct current would have to switch very quickly. Both the Brazilian and the German teams looked into harvesting infrared wavelengths of light at 30 terahertz, as they're a lower frequency than visible light and therefore easier to design. Infrared antennae should be able to receive energy from any heat source, not just the sun. Graphene is useful as a material in a rectifier for solar energy harvesting antennae because it has a strong interaction with light, lower internal reflections for radiation, and it has an ability to operate at higher switching frequencies than other semiconductor materials. Graphene is made into a rectenna by adding an insulator and a metal. You end up with a metal insulator graphene diode. 
The German device is a miniaturised low-noise terahertz power detector working at up to 0.17 terahertz, which is the range from radio to infrared. At the same time, it works as an energy harvester in the same frequency range. The device uses a one-dimensional metal insulator graphene diode, which means that the junction area in the diode has just the same thickness as the graphene sheet itself, which is one atom thick, or 0.3 nanometers. The smaller the junction area, the higher the frequency that the diodes can handle. The rectenna can be made with traditional thin film technology, so it can be manufactured in large collection films that are flexible. Treating solar radiation as waves to be harvested with big flexible films of tiny antenna and graphene rectifiers could be an alternative to silicon solar panels and give us several times more power. The Brazilian paper was titled Graphene-Based Micro-Rectenna and was published as a preprint on Tech Archive. The German paper was titled Terahertz Rectennas on Flexible Substrates Based on One-Dimensional Metal Insulator Graphene Diodes and was published in the journal ACS Applied Electronic Materials. listening to Ian Wolf on Diffusion Science Radio. Send emails to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com. Come and see me perform in a live science comedy stand-up show on the 12th of September at the Bank Hotel in Newtown in the 6.30 show. Come and have a laugh, support me, and learn something. One of the great problems of the world today is undoubtedly this problem of not being able to talk to scientists because uh, we don't understand science. They can't talk to us because they don't understand anything else, poor dears. This problem, I think it was uh, C.P. Snow uh, first raised it, uh, Sir Charles Snow in private life, uh, in his his books uh, Science and Government and so on. Mind you, I haven't read it. I'm, I'm waiting for the play to come. <laughs> he says quite rightly, he says, he said, it's no good going up to a scientist and saying to him, as you would to anybody else, you know, good morning, how are you, lend me a quid, and so on. I mean, you just, you just glare at you, or make a rude retort, or something. <laughs> no, you, you have to speak to him in language that he'll understand. I mean, you go up to him, you say something like, um, Ah, H2SO4, Professor. <laughs> Don't, uh, don't synthesize anything I wouldn't synthesize. <laughs> oh, oh, and, and the reciprocal of pi to your good wife. <laughs> now, this, this he will understand. Snow says that nobody can consider themselves educated who doesn't know at least the basic language of science. I mean, things like Sir Edward Boyle's law, for example. <laughs> the greater the external pressure, the greater the volume of hot air. <laughs> uh, the, or the the second law of thermodynamics. This is very important. I was somewhat shocked the other day to discover that my partner not only doesn't know the second law, he doesn't even know the first law of thermodynamics. (laughs) Going back to first principles, very briefly, thermodynamics, of course, is derived from two Greek words, thermos, meaning hot, if you don't drop it, and (laughs) dynamics, meaning dynamic work. And thermodynamics is simply the science of heat and work, 
and the relationships between the two, as laid down in the laws of thermodynamics, which may be expressed in the following simple terms. After me, The first law of thermodynamics. Heat is work and work is heat. Heat is work and work is heat. Very good. The second law of thermodynamics. Heat cannot of itself pass from one body to a hotter body. Heat cannot of itself pass from one body to a hotter body. Heat won't pass from a cooler to a hotter. Heat won't pass from a cooler to a hotter. You can try it if you like, but you far better not. You can try it if you like, but you far better not. Cause the cold in the cooler will get hotter as a ruler. Cause the cold in the cooler will get hotter as a ruler. Because the hotter body's heat will pass to the cooler. Cause the hotter body's heat will pass to the cooler. Heat is work and work is heat and work is heat and heat is work. Heat will pass by conduction and heat will pass by conduction and heat. Heat will pass by convection. Heat will pass by convection. Heat will pass by radiation. Will pass by radiation. And that's a physical law. Heat is work and work's a curse. And all the heat in the universe is gonna cool down. Because it can't increase. Then there'll be no more work and there'll be perfect peace. Really? Yeah, that's entropy, man. <laughs> All because of the second law of thermodynamics, which lays down that you can't pass heat from a cooler to a hotter. Try it if you like, you far better. Cause the cold in the cooler will get hotter as a ruler. Cause the hotter body's heat will pass to the cooler. Oh, you can't pass heat from a cooler to a hotter. Try it if you like, but you'll only look a fool. Cause the cold in the cooler will get hotter as a ruler. That's a physical law. Because you've been working. Oh, Beatles, nothing. <laughs> That's, That's the first and second law of thermodynamics. That was musical comedy duo Flanders and Swan explaining the first and second laws of thermodynamics in 1964. Graphene power. A renewable and clean form of power made from carbon that cools things down instead of heating them up and works in the shade and even indoors in the dark. Researchers at the University of Arkansas, University of California, Berkeley and the Universidad Carlos III with the G. Milan Institute of Fluid Dynamics have developed a way to generate power from background heat using graphene. The circuit they designed harvests electrical energy generated from the mechanical energy of a slice of graphene moving up and down due to random fluctuations in temperature at the microscopic scale. It's then amplified by a diode that cools down when current is applied. Controversially, this circuit works even when it's all at the same temperature which goes against the long-held belief that you can only extract energy by moving heat from a hot body to a colder body. Legendary physicist Richard Feynman in the 1960s showed mathematically that the random motion of atoms due to heat cannot be used by any machine or circuit to do work unless there's a hot part transferring heat to a cold part. A temperature gradient. In an electronic circuit, 
He assumed, because that was the knowledge of the day, that any diodes in the circuit would reduce the current flowing by heating up, so you couldn't get any useful current out. These new experiments appear to show that Richard Feynman was wrong about Brownian motion and the nonlinear properties of diodes. Microscopic things constantly move in random directions, a phenomenon first observed in 1827 by British botanist Robert Brown, who saw pollen moving randomly under his microscope. The movement is caused by the fact that even when all parts of a room are supposed... It's called Brownian movement in his honour. The Brownian movement is caused by the fact that even when all parts of a room are supposedly at the same temperature, there's still tiny random fluctuations of heat everywhere. In the 1960s, Richard Feynman imagined a tiny mechanical ratchet that could extract work from the random movement of atoms from heat. He called this a Brownian ratchet. A ratchet is a mechanism that saves your place. If you're using a pulley to lift an object, then a ratchet would let you lift it a little, but keep it in the air after you let go of the rope. This means that you could lift it a little more after a rest, or after you use another way to get more energy to lift your load just a little bit more. Perhaps another person comes and takes your turn. You can repeat this to lift a load all the way up, even if each little input doesn't have enough energy to lift the weight all at once. This lets you extract a big workload from many small inputs of energy. Feynman showed mathematically that his imaginary Brownian ratchet device would only work if the heat was transferred from a hot side to a cold side, which goes along with the ideas of heat flow from the days before the laws of thermodynamics were even discovered. The second law of thermodynamics says you can't move heat from a cold body to a hotter body unless you do work on the system. Like using an electric current to power a heat pump in a fridge. The inside is colder than the outside, but you can still move heat to the outside by doing work. On the other hand, heat naturally flows from hot bodies to colder bodies. You just have to let it happen. Feynman stated that this meant that extracting work, and therefore power, from the random movements of atoms or molecules in response to the random fluctuations of heat in a room that's otherwise at one average temperature, was against the second law of thermodynamics. He went into a mathematical proof of why you also couldn't do this in an electronic circuit, because all electronic components heat up when you put a current through them, at least in the 1960s. It turns out the understanding of semiconductor switches and amplifiers in the 1960s was superseded by a better understanding of the physics and materials much later. Some electronic components can cool down when a low voltage goes across them, rather than heat up. This was only discovered in 2012. And of course, graphene wasn't discovered until 2004. There appears to be a loophole. Graphene is a one-atom-thick layer of carbon atoms arranged in a lattice of hexagons, like chicken wire or a honeycomb. This makes graphene the thinnest material known, although it's many times stronger than steel. Graphene is currently made from graphite, which comes from coal. 
In my opinion, it could be an alternative source of revenue for coal miners when we stop burning the stuff. Professor Thibodeau at the University of Arkansas noticed in 2013 that a sheet of graphene ripples from random fluctuations in the surrounding temperature, with little waves moving up and down the sheet. Surely little waves could be used to generate power, like harvesting the power of waves in the ocean. Professor Thibodeau and his team have successfully generated an alternating current at room temperature and used it to do work, proving Richard Feynman wrong, at least in this case. The team conducted the very first experiments in a 10-foot chamber of ultra-high vacuum, but they needed to reproduce the essential components of that experiment on a silicon wafer using the same technology that's used to make silicon chips. They needed to miniaturize to make it useful for future commercialization. It took them three years. The team circuit has a sheet of graphene that has waves of atoms that move up and down with random changes in the surrounding temperature. Brownian motion. The movement of graphene touches one of the two electrodes randomly, causing a current to flow. This current flows through a rectifying diode, which only allows the current to flow in one direction, converting it into a direct current. AC into DC. There's a rectifying diode each for both directions of the alternating current for when either side of the graphene sheet touches either of the two electrodes. These two currents each flow to charge up their own capacitor. Normally, the capacitor would charge up like a little battery and then discharge back through the diode, leaving us no better off. However, when the capacitor is fully charged up, this circuit triggers a semiconductor switch from the rectifying diode temporarily over to a new circuit. This allows the discharge from the capacitor to do some work, to heat a resistor or light up an LED or charge a battery, before switching back just in time for the next random pulse of current from the graphene. And, due to some of their own previous research, they can amplify the power output. The same team discovered in 2012 that at very small voltages, a light-emitting diode gets cooler as it emits light, because some of the heat goes with the light that's emitted. This opens the way for the surrounding heat to warm it up and amplify its power, with energy from the outside. You get more power out than you put in because you extract work from the heat difference between the LED and the environment. In 2023, they showed that you could get the same power amplification from the cooling effect of the diode that works as switches in their circuit. This only works at tiny scales and low voltage, which makes it ideal for amplifying the power from microscopic motion of graphene atoms. In this way, they seem to have extracted energy from the random motion of the graphene caused by the tiny random changes in the temperature around the graphene, amplified by the electrical cooling of the diodes to create a heat difference. This heat difference between the cool diode and the room actually involves a more traditional way to extract work from heat. This means there's no violation of the second law of thermodynamics. 
If you build a lot of these circuits onto a silicon chip, then you could potentially harvest larger amounts of energy and charge up batteries for later use. Or even replace batteries in small devices. A side effect of using this technology would be that it slowly cooled the room. So when does this Brownian motion run out? It doesn't run out until you reach absolute zero degrees Kelvin, which you can never do. So that's another source of controversy. It's bad enough to prove Feynman's interpretation of the second law of thermodynamics was wrong, but to also demonstrate what seems to be a limitless source of power would violate the first law of thermodynamics, that you can't create energy, but only convert it from one form into another. You can't get power from nothing. It has to come from somewhere. The authors of the paper answer that this energy comes from the heat of the earth, which ultimately comes from the sun. This is a new way to exploit solar power, indoors or outdoors and at any temperature. The first law of thermodynamics says you're allowed to decrease entropy, roughly the randomness of things, as long as it increases more somewhere else. The sun generates way more disorder than we counteract with the new order that we get by generating electricity from solar power. This means that the system doesn't violate the first or second laws of thermodynamics. In my opinion, many people will still be suspicious and need to see these experiments replicated. In their papers, the team give the mathematics behind the physics of graphene power and cooling diode amplification, as well as the results of their actual experiments that prove that they work. The latest paper was three years in the making, but they've been working on this project for 10 years. The team also discovered that the relatively slow motion of graphene induces current in the circuit at low frequencies. This is important because electronics function more efficiently at lower frequencies. The team hope to generate enough power from their prototype device to power a wristwatch. The University of Arkansas team are partnered with the NTS Innovations Corporation to commercialise the technology. The paper in 2012 was titled Thermoelectrically Pumped Light-Emitting Diodes Operating Above Unity Efficiency. The 2020 paper, Fluctuation-Induced Current from Freestanding Graphene, and in 2023, Charging Capacitors from Thermal Fluctuations Using Diodes. And they were all published in the journal Physical Review E. Despite the world's highest living standards, the average American remained vaguely discontent aware that his goal of a better way of life had still not been fully realized. There was something missing. John. Yes, Mary. John, what's happening to us? I think we both know, Mary. It's just that we seem to be drifting apart. I'm sorry, Mary. I've tried. Oh, I don't blame you, John. It's just that... It's not your fault either, of course. It's just that, that we don't have... Exactly. There's this awful gap in our lives just because we don't have... Oh, but why talk about it? It's just that... Oh, I keep hoping someone can find a way to... Don't be a fool, Mary. You know that's impossible. Oh, I know. It's just that... Dad, it's ironic. 
with all our technology and industrial know-how, we still don't have the one thing that could give us a better way of life. They say it can't be done, that it's just an impossible dream. And one day, a strange and historic accident. Uh-oh. Gee, what a mess. Wait a minute. Listen. Hi, Gad. Do you suppose this freak accident... Of course. That's it. That's the answer. We've done it. After all these years, we've invented it. From the laboratories of your name here had come the key to the secret that had baffled man through the ages. Success. John, you mean... That's right, Murray. I got the promotion. Starting tomorrow, I'm no longer just a shipping clerk. I'm chairman of the board. And it's all because of... Your product here. And that's all from us this week on Diffusion. Are you a scientist, artist, biohacker or maker who'd like to be interviewed about your work? Would your company like to sponsor Diffusion? Send your contributions, opinions, helpful suggestions and donations to science at diffusionradio.com. That's science at diffusionradio.com. Please subscribe to the Diffusion Science Radio channel on youtube.com slash c slash diffusionradio and rate this show on iTunes. Tell your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Ian Wolf. The news music was Rhinos Theme by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. I produce Diffusion, which is broadcast around Australia to 28 stations on the community radio network, including Radio Blue Mountains 89.1 FM in New South Wales, 8CCC in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek, 2MVR in Nambucca Valley, 3MBR in the Mallee Border Districts of Victoria and South Australia, City Park Radio 7LTN in Launceston, Tasmania, and 2XXFM in Canberra. Diffusion is narrowcast on Indigo FM 88 in northeast Victoria. Diffusion is syndicated globally on astronomy.fm. Subscribe to the podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com that's www.diffusionradio.com and check the website for links, photos and videos about this week's show. If you enjoyed the show, you can explore more than a thousand previous episodes archived on diffusionradio.com where the shows are labeled by keywords so you can focus in on the stories you want to hear. Make a donation through paypal.me slash ianwolf or Join my patrons at patreon.com slash diffusionradio. I'm Ian Wolfe. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio. Science is fun. It helps you to learn, to know, and to appreciate. When you study science, you may go on field trips. You discover the marvelous interrelationships between all living things. You learn to read the history of the earth as it is written in rocks and fossils. You find out what makes things tick. Everything from a molecule to a living organism. In the study of science is found the most useful and satisfying knowledge of man. Knowledge of his physical world, its past, its present, and its future. And in your moments of relaxation, now and in the years to come, you will find the study of science leading you into fascinating pursuits photography, collecting, 
Why study science? Study science because you will find in the study of science a richer, more rewarding life.